and welcome to the live conversation where we talk about creative society. And today we have an amazing guest for you, Candy Forster from San Diego, California, who's a philosopher, visionary, author, and a radio host who has been having his own podcast uh, where he talks about really important subjects, which are totally aligned with the eight foundations of the creative society. And today me and my wonderful co-host from Michigan, Olga, are going to talk to Ken. Hi, Ken. Well, hello, Chalahal. Hello, Olga. It's really great to be here today. And uh, the first question, please introduce yourself. Please let us know a couple of words about you and how you came to having this amazing podcast where you talk about the most important subjects of today's society. Well, I'll tell you this, uh, when I started on the podcast, what I knew is that there was enough information in the world. Just Google it. But there wasn't a lot of wisdom, understanding, truth, and courage. There was a shortage of it in my, my estimate. And I looked around, and I thought, why is common sense so uncommon? And I realized that common sense has to do with intuition, and intuition leads to wisdom. So when we learn how to develop our common sense or our gut instincts or our intuition, they're all the same word. When we learn to do that, we can, we can connect deeper, we have deeper relationships, not only with ourselves, with others. Our businesses become more profitable. We have a more joyful and uh, a happy, uh, happy life, happy existence. And we start to do the work that we were meant to do while we were here, which is to evolve ourselves, evolve our consciousness, and really ascend in, uh, in higher realms of consciousness. So that's why I started that show. More wisdom, more courage, more understanding. Well, Ken, this is wonderful. And actually, I would like to ask you, Tali mentioned so many things you do. Where do you take energy for all of it? What motivates you? <laughs> well, you know, the energy I, I, uh, I have, I, I learned how to, how to have energy. And it starts when I go to bed in the evening. When I go to bed in the evening, I set my intention to wake up feeling alert and awake. When I wake up in the morning, I lay in bed for a moment and I start with gratitude and I go into gratitude. And then I pop out of bed and I tell my mind, I am alert and ready. And from there I go in, I usually do some meditation practice and I do some energization of my body every morning. And then I put in foods that support the body to be healthy and vital and, and filled with uh, power and passion. A lot of my energy, though, comes from what I would call it the, um, uh, the pranic energy, the energy that surrounds everything, that's all, all here for us. We were taught to eat only food. That's how we get energy. Well, that's not true. We get energy from other people. We get energy from the trees, from the, energy, from the earth, from, from the, um, the zero-point uh, fields that are all around us. So that's what I do. Okay, we can definitely see it works. <laughs> it works great. And thanks for sharing those tips. I'm sure many people can find those useful. But this feeling of gratitude is really something we, we should uh, practice much more as a society. Unfortunately, in today's world, many people don't even have time to think about gratitude or think about spirituality or developing because of the crazy life cycle we we have around us you know the gig economy i know people who work 16 hours a day driving uber or selling something just to put food on the table and uh, from here 
further even more we're going to have technologies who are going to uh, that are going to automate some uh things that people do today uh, like driving for example and we're gonna see homelessness and uh, poverty growing in the future unless we take steps that we need to take today and creative society is one of those projects that's offering solution what do you think uh is the main problem of today's world and how can we bring this message out to people that we need to start changes now while we have these good conditions around us well here, here's what i found it's um i tell people this all the time listen if you want to change the world change yourself and if you want to change yourself the first way to do that is to realize that whatever paradigm you're living in is a paradigm that you've created it's about it's about personal responsibility so if you look out and you go I'm working 16 hours a day and everybody else around me is working 16 hours a day. That's the paradigm you're living in. And so if you're going, well, this really works for me right now. I'm 20 years old. I'm having a blast. I don't mind working 16 hours a day. Great. But if you're in 40s and you're working 16 hours a day and you've seen everybody around you working like that, I can tell you that you have, you have trapped yourself in a paradigm that exists for you. It looks like every single person does that, but that's not true. You do that. So if you want to change, the mind is the cause of our bondage and the mind is the cause of our liberation. So if we want to change, we have to let us tune into uh, the mind first and maybe ask yourself a new question, right? What's or maybe three questions? What's working? What's not working? And what can I do to improve tomorrow? So we knew, notice, well, if 16 hour days are not working, then okay, that's okay, right? Maybe the season has passed. Maybe it's time to do something different. So then we start asking ourselves a question like, well, what, what has to happen to have more balance in my life and maybe work 10 hours a day? And we stay in that question until we start to get the answer. By the way, most people don't stay in the question long enough. And because what happens is the answers start coming, but do they have the courage to be able to take whatever the pill is that you need to take, okay, the answer and really walk into the unknown to be able to get yourself into the next level. We all have to do that, don't we, Tilly? We, we all have to walk into the unknown if we want to change. Actually, it's very interesting, but I think we also should create conditions for the people be easier to change their lives. What do you think about it? I think environment is stronger than your willpower. That's what I think. And I think you have to be aware of that. Uh, you start, start with where, wherever you are. I know, you know, you have a big mission, right? To change, you know, to change society. Society changes by changing the minds of individuals. So individuals can start where they are and look at your environment that you're in. When my wife and I, Judy, got married 20 years ago, <clears throat> I had a whole bunch of stuff I brought into the marriage. She did too, a bunch of stuff. And I didn't like some of her stuff. And she definitely didn't like some of my stuff. <laughs> so <Common> problem. <laughs> couple problem, right? But in, unlike most couples, we just said, you know what? There are millions of, of objects in the world. There's millions of couches and tables and pictures. Why don't we pick pictures that we love? Why don't we bring objects we love together so we can create a home of love and our environment will be stronger than our own willpower? And so I got rid of the stuff I didn't, I, I really wanted to hold on to. I even held on to a couple of them, but most of it I let go of. 
And we were able to create that when you walk into our home, you feel that energy, you feel that vibration. So I think we can start with that in a home environment. We can do the same thing in our office environments. You know, we can simplify. Uh, I think clutter is a, is a, uh, it's just a sign of a cluttered mind, right? If you've got a lot of clutter in your house or in your environment, your mind is cluttered. And if your mind is cluttered, it's probably meaning you're living from a place of, you're afraid to let go for some reason. And you're afraid that if you do let go, you won't get what you want. So you're afraid to let it go and you're afraid to, to, uh, to get, you know, to not get what you want. And it, it creates clutter in our minds. If you have that clutter, then what happens is your creativity shuts down and you start living in that paradigm of clutter. And you go, everybody's house is cluttered. Everywhere you walk, you see clutter because that's what's in your head. It's very interesting that it's the second question we're answering you. Uh, really mentioning taking responsibility, personal responsibility for your own life. And people really scared of it. One of eight foundations of the Creative Society, which are, by, by the way, created on the people's demand, right, as a result of multiple surveys around the world, is actually creating uh, this, the way for people to participate in decision-making, on national level, for example, or even global level, because technologies today allow us to do it through online resources. The only thing that's lacking is people's demand. Maybe because people don't know about existing, but also people are a bit scared of taking the responsibility. Because imagine when the big companies, they cannot lobby multiple people like they do right now uh, when they when they just can bribe someone or, for example, even officially lobby something that's going to be harmful for people. But imagine online platform, they wouldn't be able to do that to millions of people. But then people wouldn't have anyone to blame for the results as well. Right. What do you think about uh, actually implementing the platform, online platform on which people could uh, take personal responsibility and participate in decision making? on local and national levels? Uh, I think it's coming. I, I believe that we will have a system where you'll be able to push a button and on a community level, be able to vote. Um, I believe that, that that is coming. I think there's a lot of forces that don't want that to be there. I think there's a lot of people that want to just control uh, our outcomes. Um, but here's what I, I, I know from the bottom of the heart is that truth, truth, meaning in this sense, what's highest and best for all will prevail. The truth of what's highest and best will prevail. So even though we're going through a very confusing time, we're going through a time where people seem to be polarized and separate and, and they're, they're really uh, uh, tearing each other down or putting each other down, or you know they've got different political views or different ways of uh, manifesting uh, uh, governments. Um, what I see is that eventually we will come in into a place of harmony, but we want, I don't believe it'll happen until again, we go and take personal responsibility for what, how we're showing up in our own lives. How do we have harmony in the world if you don't have harmony in your home? How do you have harmony in, uh, in, the, in the community? You know, when, when we're, when we're set, you know, we're, we're putting each other down, we're criticizing each other, we're polarizing. Here's what I, here's what I think. I think the last decade, was a decade of expression. <laughs> we all needed to express, right? For the good or not. We, there's Facebook expressions, Twitter expressions, so LinkedIn, everybody's expressing. 
The next uh, few, uh, the next decade is about collaboration. And that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about collaborating together, coming up with solutions, talking, having those difficult discussions that we, we allow each other to have those difficult discussions, not making, you don't have to be right. The other person doesn't have to be wrong. We can just come together and have a discussion. When we can do that, we can create miracles and magic and synchronistic, uh, harmonious environments and ways to vote, ways to feel heard and seen, ways that are way beyond where we are now, but it's coming. I think so too. Uh, I just would like to read the uh, Eight Foundation, if it's possible to put it on the screen right now. Yeah. Oh yeah, here it is. So it's called self-governing. And we're talking about the society in which we provide equal opportunities for all of the people. So it says the concept of power in creative society is absent since the responsibility for the society as a whole its development, living in the conditions in a harmonious format, uh, lies with each human. And everyone has the right to participate in management of the affairs of the creative society and in the adoption of laws that improve human life. And this is very important. Laws that improve human life, not the laws that improve uh, benefits of companies or private uh, sector or anyone of global corporations. And the uh, final part is that the solution of socially important, socially significant and economic issues that affect the quality of human's life is submitted for public discussion and voting, or referendum so-called. Thank you so much. You can change the screen now. So yeah, this can be done with today technologies so easily, but it again comes back to the uh, personal responsibility. Maybe you have something to comment on the Eighth Foundation that you. Yeah, I, I think we go down a um, a uh, a challenging path when we offer equal um, opportunity. I'm not saying everybody shouldn't have an opportunity. Um, I think it it again it comes back down to um, if I give, uh, let's see, I give, uh, uh, a fella down the street that, uh, let's say I have somebody that is in our community that has an eighth grade ep education and someone else has a, uh, a college degree. Do I give them an equal opportunity to, um, to go and become a professor at the local university? I'm not sure that that's, that's appropriate. Um, I think we have to look at those kind of questions. But as far as giving equal opportunity to resources and uh, avail, you know, let's say just going to college, everybody needs to be able to go to college. When I grew up, you know, I think I paid uh, $16 a unit or something like that to attend the university. Um, you know, today we have a system of, uh, of bankers that I believe uh, are very greedy. And I think that uh, we've, we've, we've kind of, uh, our kids graduate from college here in the states with uh, with debt. That's not that's not okay in my in my in my book. I think that limits opportunity. I think it puts a big burden on individuals. And I think we have a huge society that has the ability, just as it did in my day when I went to college, to be able to contribute to the education of all in in our country. So I think if you're talking about that, I think that's that's right. There def there's definitely we need more access to resources. 
and we have a we have a um, you know we have the resources, but the challenge is is the distribution of the resources is a big challenge. Um, you can have a dam, you know, with lots of water in it, but then if you put a, a, a water, um, let's say, uh, <laughs> we have a company out here that uh, I won't mention their name, but if you were to put them in between the dam and, and us, which there is, um, they seem to be such a profit motive that everybody's water bill gets higher and higher and higher. Um, is that really how we want to treat each other? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think there's got to be some stop gaps there. I agree. I, I agree with you 100% because sometimes you're just wondering, okay, I'm lucky. I born in Russia where the education was free. Everyone able to go to the school and get like at least like um, bachelor degree, you know, it, it wasn't a problem that you can get profession. But when you think like, uh, what if I would be unlucky and I would born somewhere in the country and another country, which is like not that uh, economically developed, you know, would I have the same opportunity to go to the school and continue my education? And this, I guess, like what we're talking about, that everyone has to have opportunity to get education. Everyone has to have opportunity to get like medical help because we all people and we all have different diseases and different sicknesses. And I think like we have to get like help when as needed. So. I, I agree with you, Olga. I, I believe that, um, you know, I think the internet is flattening the curve. If we if we get rid of the censorship on the internet, I think we'll, we'll go a long way for that. Because what happens is um, we have, right now we have a lot of online colleges competing with the old institutions of colleges. Online colleges can reach kids in India. They can reach kids in, in Africa. They can reach kids in, in South America that don't have access to, uh, to education like we do here in the United States. Mm -hmm. I think that that's gonna change. I think a lot, you know, colleges are gonna be, you know, they're online, take, uh, take your course for uh, $15, you know? That's, yeah. That is happening. Um, but you know, it's, but sorry to interrupt you, but you know what we find out with this, with online education, that people don't have internet. Or it's like too many people in the evening, for example, for the internet, and it's like doesn't work for people. And sometimes it gets like sad and funny at the same time that the 21st century and still some regions, they don't have internet at all, or like limited, like at a certain time only. Well, here's what I think. I believe we need more courage in this world. You know, courage uh, comes from the Latin word cur, which means to speak one's heart, speak one's truth. I hear your heart right now. It's like it's calling out. How do we solve that distribution problem of the of, uh, of lack of uh, servers out in in, uh, in rural areas? How do we open up? Uh, in, in You know, I, th I think a lot of that's coming. I mean, you know, I think what's... Uh, Elon Musk just launched 150 or 144 uh, satellites in, in order in orbit, right? Um, but will those resources be used for good or will they be used for for uh, for evil? You know, will they? You know, just like you know, mon money's not the root of all evil, okay? But uh, you know, money is just money, right? But the individuals that have access to that money, are they using it to help and better, or are they just using it for for their own personal gain? And I think those kind of hard questions really need to be answered more and more in society. Um, I believe in a free capitalistic society. I believe in, in uh, but I also believe in equal opportunity. So there's a balance between both. You can have balance between both. You don't have to have a, a system where 
you know, power, fame, greed, you know, and, and uh, uh, all the other negatives, you know, uh, jealousy and competition, negative competition. You don't have to have a system like that, that, that rules mankind, which we've had for centuries. What's happening is the feminine principles are coming in, the principles of nurturing, of receiving, of opening up and caring and compassion. Those are coming in more and more. People that aren't waking up to that need to wake up to that because otherwise your company is not gonna exist very long. People are tired of the old ways, whether it be a police department or whether it be a, a, a school teacher, you know, the, uh, the, the rule by the rod and the stick are gone. The rule by compassion, understanding, wisdom, courage, and love are here and they're here to stay. And I, that's what I love about the foundation. I think you guys are on the right track here to bring that in. I would like Charlie to bring another foundation, foundation number four. Oh, yes. Maybe we can show that on screen. And uh, if you can see it, maybe I can even ask you to read this one because it's one of my favorite foundations, number four. It says, every human has the right to receive reliable information about the movement and distribution of public funds. Each human has access to information about the status of implementation of the society's decisions. The mass media belongs exclusively to the society and reflect information truthfully, openly and honestly. Wouldn't that be wonderful if we can get back to, uh, actually, we've never really been there, but if we can get there, because I think that is where we're going. You know, there are no good old days. I wouldn't want to go back to the good old days of when I grew up. It was even, it was even more, it was even more restrictive um, in our country. I bet in Russia and about a lot, a lot of other companies, countries. Um, so that we don't want the good old days, but we do want better. We and I love the fact that you have a vision of the future. I think one of the challenges so many people have is they don't have a vision of the future. They believe right now they're, you know, with this pandemic worldwide, you know, they're they're. They're really living in a small bubble and their world went from maybe a 10 mile radius to a, a, a one bedroom radius. You know, most people are not globalists yet. They're not living around the world. Someday they will be. They'll be traveling all over and they won't live in a 10 mile area. Their whole life won't be like that. But it, it's going to take organizations like this to get that out there. Thank you, Ken. I believe you're already on the same. We've been on the same uh, wave since since we uh, even pre-call we had before and this is amazing that you and people like yourself you do small media small podcasts but there are so many of them that slowly but surely they're covering our planet and they give different point of vision for the people and you know one of the very first things that organizations have been doing like religious or as you mentioned countries like ussr and us back in the day they were trying to limit people's sources of information even in christianity for example they never say go read the books or scriptures of islam or buddhism they limit people they say that comes from satan only read what's provided by us and that is the way to limit people to control them we believe that all information should be open and we should exclude any manipulations by the public opinion as it's done today. And as long as we have media in private hands, that's going to keep happening. I, I couldn't agree with you more. As, as much as I don't like pornography, I don't like gambling, I don't like things like that, 
I would rather have all the pornography, all the gambling, whatever you have with complete freedom of information. Then you have a choice. You can choose what you want to watch. You can teach your children what to watch or not watch. I don't think we're going to stamp out, quote, the evils of society. I think what we're doing now, in, at least in uh, this country, is there's so much censorship going on that we're aware of. See, I think it was always going on. People have woken up. They can see that it's happening more and more. And I think when, when, uh, when we wake up even further, we won't stand for it anymore. A lot of people aren't standing for it. They've already turned off the CNNs, the FOXs, the, you know, they're, they're turning on both sides. It's not just like, oh, all the Democrats are all the Republicans. They're going, no, we're done with the manipulation. We're done with the control. We're not going to watch this. We're just done with this for now. Uh, I agree with you. And do you remember we started our like program with this topic about the information, about the true and false information, which we receive every day through the our social media, through the news and through the another like shows so this is like <laughs> it's so interesting that we go went back again well you know Olga, we could go full circle because it's like you know how do you know what truth is you know how do we know you you listen to uh, one news media source and they they're very convincing and then you turn on the other one and they're the opposite view and they're very convincing where's truth in this I say truth is, is inside of you. You already know inside of you. If you quiet your mind, if you still your mind, if you learn to meditate, you learn to go within, you learn to tune into your own intuition, you will make better choices. You will start to realize, and you pray about this. You ask, what is this? What is this? What is the truth here? You start to ask, and what happens is you develop that intuition. Will it be 100% accurate? No, because it's like a muscle. You got to build it up. But if you build it up over time, you will start to know that's empowerment. That's true empowerment of how we can we can help society to become enlightened, awake, personal responsibility, 100 percent. But as long as we feel like a victim of this news station or that news station or this government or that person, um, as long as we feel that way, we're not empowered. But as soon as we are empowered, then we can do what we, your organization is doing right now. All right, we're, we, we have a model. It's probably not 100% perfect. We don't care. We, we're going to take what we have. We're going to put it out in the world. And we're going to have courageous people like myself come on and talk about it. And let's see if we can make a difference. I love every, I couldn't agree more with everything you say right now. Just because you also mentioned that we are all as people we are here temporarily in this world and very temporarily but i believe we are coming here from higher dimension when we are all one and we are all love and our mission is to learn how to bring this here and uh, uh, as you mentioned free information is great but then don't we also need to have some guidelines and actually our foundation number five is explaining what kind of guidelines are offered by the creative society I would ask our producers to put it on screen now and just maybe for you to also uh, read this one and say your opinion about it. Yes, number five, thank you. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and have you read it because um, it's a little hard for me to see. 
So the ideology, it says that ideology still has to be present in the society, but it has to be aimed on popularizing the best human quality and stopping everything that is directed against human. The priority is on humanity, high spiritual and moral aspects, humanness and mutual respect and friendship of people. And uh, uh, it has to be prohibited any kind of propaganda of violence uh, condemnation and uh, denunciation of any form of division, aggression, anti-humane manifestations of any kind. We have to create conditions for development of and education of a human, every human with capital H, and cultivating moral values in each person and society in general. I believe that there is a lot of truth to that, and I believe that uh, when people, I'm not sure about morals. What I know about is values. And I think we need to go back to what we value as, as, as a human. You know, I personally value my family. I personally value God and spirit. I value loyalty. I value excellence. I value wisdom. I value love and compassion. I value those qualities that make us human. I value power. I value, and I'm in the same breath, I value humility. You know, so I think we have to go back to values and in, in tune into ourselves. When, when people come and coach with me, the first thing I ask them is ask them two questions. I say, what about success is important to you? And this, and the reason I ask that is because I want to get to their values. What do they value? Well, about success, you know, it's, it's important for me to, to, uh, to take care of my kids. It's important for me to uh, put food on the table. It's important for me to uh, 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 write books. You know, it's important to me to, to feel love in my heart. You know, everybody has a different answer to that. But then I ask them a deeper question. I say, tell me what about life is important to you? And I use those specific words. What about life is important to you? And inevitably, it gets to their deeper values, what I call their driving values. These are the values that whether they know it or not are actually driving their, their life and their, their experiences in life. So I think when we get down to our values, um, we, it's funny. Almost everybody has the same values. <laughs> We all almost, uh, almost everybody values the same things. But what happens with, if you're living your values, your life is getting better and better. But if you're not, it's getting a little more painful every day. And if you don't know what I mean, just write down your highest values and ask yourself, am I living those values every day? And if not, it's okay. Think about changing them. Yeah, it's like very interesting. We all different. We all have like different beliefs, social status, different like profession, professional scales, but we all want the same. We want to live comfortable. We want to be happy. We want to be people around us be happy. We want to be healthy. And we just want to have life, life for the human. That's, that's true. I mean, uh, you know, honestly, I mean, when you think about, the, you know, what you've created here, um, you know, it's it, it's all about your values and what you just said, okay? You didn't create this to manipulate people. 
to get people to think uh, maybe only your way, to have people, uh, you know, do it your way, to, uh, you didn't create it for that. You created it so people could be more empowered and, and for people to step into their power and to take full responsibility so for what's going on in their life. Listen, if you don't like what's going on in your life, which I have to say, listen, the reason I can speak to this is that I've coached uh, over, I don't know, 15,000 hours, individuals, one-on-one, seeing all the degradation of human of humankind in, in those coaching sessions and being able to uplift them to the next level. So I know what I'm talking about here, but I think if you, if you want to up-level your life, then there's two things you can do. <laughs> maybe three, maybe four, <laughs> but <laughs> first of all is, is like we just talked about, get, get in touch with your values. Um, next step is once you find those values, you know, uh, find your courage. Because if you don't have courage, you can't walk into the unknown. You can't do anything different. You'll stay stuck. And if you stay stuck, society will stay stuck. We're waiting for you. We're not, we're not, we're not talking here for, to, I'm not talking uh, to uh, waste my breath. I'm talking to hopefully convince you that there is a different way. There's another paradigm that you can live from. And when you step into that, quite frankly, you step into a, a, a cutting edge paradigm where you will be growing the rest of your life and you'll be growing in ways that are absolutely phenomenal. You know, people, places, things, situations will show up in a synchronistic way to help you, your life to get better and better. But you do have to look at those areas of your life that you don't want to look at. You got to sometimes feel the pain in the, the, the struggle to be able to make the change. I don't think it's sometimes, I think it's all the time you have to do that. <laughs> I think we have to really look at ourselves. So if you can do that, you know, then you can start, like I said, from the beginning, when you change yourself, you can change society. And, you know, it's like you will, you will like me, be attracted to an organization that will, uh, will align with those values and you're going to support that organization. Maybe even this one, who knows? <laughs> It's actually amazing because we have one of our co-hosts as well on this show who started as a guest. We just invited him as a guest and later he became a co-host. Uh, his name is Steve Donofriov. He is from Minneapolis. And what he said, he said, I participate in this because I believe we have the same values. And we may have different beliefs and beliefs is our personal thing. We can believe we, we can be believers or not believers. We can be Buddhists, Christians, Muslims. We can believe <laughs> that we have a prophet or a son of a God, or we have uh, Buddha. But what unites all people is the meaning of love, that God is one, that God is love, for example, or that we came here to make this world a better place and live happily or as happily as possible, or at least little by little uh, bring those values into our life. So yes, values, I totally agree with you, is something that unites all of us and still allowing us to have different beliefs, which is amazing. That's the freedom of the person. And as you said, it has to be economical freedom. We have to live in a society where we are not limited to do private business or anything else. 
like we've seen in past, there were examples of countries like USSR, which were limiting people trying to push this idea of communism where everyone should be happy. But as they were joking on the way to communism, no one promised food. <laughs> so people were struggling with that. Yeah, we, we have to build society based on freedom, based on, free, on freedom of choice. And that is amazing just hearing this from you that you've been living by the same values that we share. I, I live from them by necessity. You see, at one point in my life, my life back in 1992 was a mess. I had what I call lower companions in my life that I hung around with, people that didn't have high values. They didn't value themselves and they didn't value me. I had, uh, uh, I was making a ton of money, but I didn't know how to save it. I spent most of it. I was in a place where I'd lost my spiritual path. I'd also been estranged from my children and from my wife. I was in a place where I was, there was a lot of adventure, but there was a lot of uh, pain and hurt and sorrow. And I, it was in that place that um, I was actually in therapy for a while. And I was in about a year and the therapist, um, uh, I'll never forget that day, that therapist looked at me uh, and he, he had these steel blue eyes and this gray hair and he looked me in the eye and I came in and I said, Doc, I'm, I'm hearing this voice. It says, you've got to feel the pain to make the change. Feel the pain to make the change. Now I was in therapy because I don't want to feel any more pain. And the doctor looked at me and he said, Ken, you need to go follow that voice. And I walked out of his office thinking, is he crazy? Or, or am I, he tell, I'm, I've been hearing these voices. I don't want to be in pain anymore. He's telling me, follow his voice that says to feel the pain. But that was the voice of courage. That was the voice of wisdom. And that's the voice that led me into a recovery center at the time, the big guy, Jim, that said, welcome home. That changed my whole life. Everything changed in that moment because I was willing to feel the pain and, and, and humble myself enough to ask for help. I think was we're creating this new society, we all gotta get in touch with our own demons. We gotta get in touch with those areas that we need to heal. Somebody walks into your life and they say something to you and you react. First thing you need to do is go, what do I need to heal inside of me? What do I need to change inside of me? What do I need to shift inside of me? If we could practice that, if we could all practice that, we stop blaming, we start stop shaming other people. We don't, and I don't mean to turn all the blame and shame on yourself. You just ask the question, what can I do to heal inside? And you'll get the answer. We all have the knowing inside of us. All of us have that knowing. If you ask the questions, you're willing to do the work. What happens is just the same thing that happened to me. My life got better and better and better. Didn't mean I don't have challenges. I have challenges today but they're not there to crush me. They're there to empower me, to take me to the next level, to make me a better uh, character, a better person, more, more, more faith and wisdom and understanding and courage. All of that's there, but it all starts with the willingness to do the work. This is powerful. I'm just, we're silent because it was Olga's turn to ask questions, but she seems to be either shocked by your speech. I think, I think Olga's shocked. I, I, I don't know, maybe she's going to I am, I am. Because you know what, like, 
I would like you to ask a question because like many people, they trying to make a lot of money because they think that money are going to make them happy. So what you can tell us about that? Well, you know, money can make you happy <clears throat> temporarily. Um, buying a new car, you'd be happy for at least at least uh, till the first car payment comes. You know, you you will be happy. <laughs> you know, there's an old saying: those that those that uh, those that buy the cow have to take care of the cow, right? So, um, money money's a good thing. I love money. Money loves me. You know, and that's that's okay. But you know, it's not about money. It's about well, when, when, when the car payment does come and all of a sudden you're not happy again, you have to go within yourself and ask yourself, you know, if it's not about money, you know, it's great to have money, but if it's not about the money, what's going to really make me happy? And it's, that's a deep question. It, it's not one that you can take lightly and it may take years for you to get to that point. The point is though, if, if, you're, if you're courageous and it take, this, is, this is hard work. Uh, you know, you might have a, a psychologist listening to me right now going, don't go down that road. You, you, you know, if there's people on here that are depressed and you're asking them to find out what makes them happy, they, they could get even more depressed. And that can be the case. So, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a process. Um, on my website, if uh, anybody wants to find out a little bit more about me, they can go to KenDFoster.com. And on that website, um, is a uh, session that you can you can sign up and get a session with me. Um, if if you're in that place that you need some help and you you want to go down that path, you want to really take your life to the next level, and you're willing to do the work, then hey, you know, reach out to me. I'm here to help you. Um, so you don't. The message here is you don't have to do it alone, and I would never encourage anybody to do it alone. Um, this work. That's why we join societies. That's why we have, uh, you know, the group here. You know, you guys are here to support everybody. You're, you're here to support their personal transition, to help them step into a new paradigm, to help them make their world a better world. And if you, you know, if anybody wants to come in, that's great. But I have to tell you, you know, there's some work to do. You know, don't, don't think there's not. You know, you're going to have to grow into new ways of thinking if you really want to change. And if you want this world to be a better place, that's a good thing to do. When I changed my thinking, my children changed. It, it, it was incredible. At the time, I was, I was living in Sacramento there in San Diego, but I made the changes and we're all connected, right? We're all connected. What is the theory? You know, tell, Taylor, uh, Taylor, Taylor would know that. What is it? Singularity, singular theory, or, or uh, what's that theory? Anyway, we're all connected. And, you know, they've proved it scientifically now. So when you change, the consciousness of your loved ones change. And it changes, I believe, not only for this, this incarnation, but seven or eight generations. You're changing. You're, if you change your blueprint, you change the blueprint of, your, of everybody around you. It's pretty amazing. Now, will everybody change? Well, some of them have different timelines than you, but eventually they will. I absolutely agree with you. And I would like to also encourage our viewers to go on voicesofcourage.us and 
sign up for the podcast and get to know you a little bit more. We are already almost 15 minutes over our usual timeline. Oh my goodness. Okay. Can I mention my book to everybody? Of course. Of course. We would love to uh, also ask you to wish anything you would like to our viewers. And I have to say that we are over not because we didn't pay attention, but because the conversation was so interesting and so amazing that we love and we've been enjoying staying with you longer. So thank, thank you so much for being our guest today. Thanks, Tally. Yeah, thank, thank you, Olga. So yeah, I just, uh, real quick, um, I do have uh, a new book out. It's called The Courage to Change Everything. It's what we've been talking about today. The subtitle is Daily Strategies and Essential Wisdom to Awaken Your Inner Genius. It took me about six years to write it. I wrote it for you. I wrote it for you, the busy person that we started out. And uh, Tally said, you know, you know, you people working 16 hours a, 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 a day or 12 hours or whatever it is. I wrote the book for you. And I wrote it because I know that if you can drip on your mind every day some astute wisdom, cutting uh, wisdom from the East, cutting edge success principles from the West, if you can do that daily, and you can, you can just take 10 minutes of your day. That's all it takes, 10 minutes of your day. You do that over a period of time, you change. As you change inside, you outpicture it in your world, right? We know that. As within, so without. Everybody, we know that now, okay? Consciousness changes everything. So if you will put that book to work, your life will change. You can get the book at couragetochange.us. And just for anybody here, what I've done is I've lowered the price of the book to from $35 to $19. I've included two group sessions with me. It's called the Limitless Experience. You get that when you get the book. And the other thing I've given everybody when they buy the book is my release process. It's been developed over 20 years. People tell me when they go through releasing some of the subconscious beliefs, that will stop you from generating your success. Some, some of you know, you've got stop-start patterns. You start out doing good things, then it stops. You start again and it stops. This, this release process will help you break the stop-start patterns. And it is like, uh, some people tell me, it's like taking a dark pair of sunglasses off you never even knew you had on. So that's for you. If you, if you think it's something you resonating with what I'm saying, go check it out and go get it today. Courage to change.us. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. And uh, we are also would like to announce that on June 23rd, we are going to present Creative Society Project on Kent's podcast. So feel free to join. And we would like to wrap up today's uh, podcast with our song that was created by the volunteers from all over the world so it's the music video and it's called we are the 99 percent because we are the 99 percent of people who share the same values and we might have different beliefs but values uh, of the humanity of the humanness are the same thank you so much ken for being with us hey, today. Tally and olga thank you so much thank you for all you're doing to make this world a better place and um yeah i look forward to having you on my show voices of courage on june 10th everybody wants to tune into that that's going to be an amazing show thank you so much it was a pleasure to meet you thank you let's do it again <laughs> we will for sure <laughs>